0: This little closet of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of Feather and Mountain Podcast. I'm your host, Delusions of Grendel, and with me is my fabulous new co-host, Greyhame. Greyhame, how you doing?
1: doing great grendel i'm having a fun time out here in ontario but you know what very soon i'm gonna come and see you
0: that is right in a couple weeks i guess we'll be able to do a live recording together (laughs) very exciting and maybe even from canmore who's to say who's to say the mountains of mist is that uh, is Mountains of Mist? Talking? Misty Mountains. It's the okay, Misty Mountains. Right, but Mountains maybe of that's Mist the Wheel of Time and a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge to Tolkien.
1: Maybe it's the Smoky Mountains that also exist. Uh, how is the smoke out your way?
0: Uh, it's like depressing. It looks like, uh, I mean, she who shall not be named uh, did create creatures called Dementors. Um, it looks like. Dementors are flying overhead with like that sallow grayishness. So a little miserable, but you know, she persists. So, we're here today talking about the Rings of Power. Again, for those of you who are just catching this episode, we're taking a brief hiatus from the Wheel of Time. We will be coming back to Season 1 to review all eight episodes. Exciting! uh, With Greyhame. But first, we are getting on the Rings of Power hype train and choo-chooing along as we follow Galadriel, a.k.a. Gala on uh, her journey currently in Numenor. So, we are talking today about episode three, Adar. Adar? Adar. 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 I don't know. Who...
1: The name of the bad guy. Definitely. Oh, end.
0: yeah. And I've got, like, i got the orcs who mentioned him. I, I know who he is. I just, it's the pronunciation thing again. They don't say the names enough for me to really register them. <laughs>
1: very soft they have a very soft thing. Think of the English verse a
0: doll doll. Okay so yes just like a mouthful of muffin uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, So before we dive into kind of the breakdown of the episode following the storylines um, of our beloved heroes, overall thoughts on episode 3
1: um I I liked it I I did find um you and I were speaking before my charming wife watched it once with me and she just thought there was too much drama every scene had to end with drama and that was getting on my nerves a little bit too I gotta to say everything had to end you know at a at a high note don't what's happening just tell the story but uh it, it, generally I, I liked the episode uh no Elrond, no dwarves um no you sold, um, they, they didn't make an appearance in episode two, so maybe they're big, or in episode three, but maybe they're going to be big in four. I have to wait a few days, but.
0: We shall see. We shall see. Yes. Uh, yeah. This episode was a little bit slower, um, than the first two I found and just the way that it played out. Like we got, I don't know if I loved the pacing as much in this one. Um, like our time with Nori, felt like there was a lot of it in the middle, but we got it all at once instead of kind of scattered throughout the episode. And I don't know if I loved that big chunk and not breaking up the little moments with the harfoots. And, you know, flitting back and forth. I don't know, yeah. This this episode just pacing wise felt a little bit off to me. Uh, but that's not to say that there weren't outstanding moments and uh, and some excellent one liners. Um, and now I'm sus about someone else too that we'll we'll be getting into shortly. So uh, this episode was 69 minutes and it both opened and closed with a rondier which I loved. Um, So, I don't know if every episode is going to do that where they open and close with the same character, but so far that's what's happened. And I'm really enjoying that, um, you know, kind of bookending each episode with our uh, A plot. Uh, So, we open on Iran Deer, and I will say I was wildly wrong. Wildly wrong. (laughs) in my prediction. And it they was not ents. ents. Uh guys, I fucked up. It was it was not ents. It was definitely orcs. Um the claws. I wanted to believe it was ents. I was oh oh so very very wrong. Um I I should have known. I should have known better. Like what what's going to happen? Iran Deer is just going to play with the ents and like dance and frolic and that's his whole arc. Like I took this and I spun it in a way that I used to play legend of Zelda Ocarina of time where like, instead of going out and doing the quest and actually focusing on like the doom and gloom, I would just jump on a Pona and run around and like jump gates and fences. And that was how I would spend an hour. Like doesn't make for good fantasy. Doesn't make for good video game watching. Anyway, we're here. I was wrong. It was fucking orcs. Um, and so the episode opens, and <laughs> if you turn on subtitles, we actually get the orcs' names. So uh, oh. Lurka is, like, the head orc, and then Vrath was his little buddy who was uh, for a, for Adar, um, that guy. So he <laughs> risked sun exposure for Adar. And, of course, we don't know who the fuck Adar is at this point or really by the end of the episode. But that's, you know... I think we can pick up enough to know that it's uh, head head guy in charge. Um, so spend some time with Iran Deer, basically just to um, totally uh, shit on my hypotheses um, before we go on to B-plots in this episode. So uh, Iran Deer, I mean, really, there's not a lot... I, I, Called them A plot. He's not really A plot. I just wanted him to be A plot. <laughs> um, you know, we open up with him and it's just him enslaved, him meeting up with his uh, elven buddies. Hano is one, and I don't remember the guy who ha- who had his throat slit. Basically, yeah, we're just watching Aran Deer uh, get chained up, or they called him get an anchor on him.
1: Medhor. Medhor, Medhor is, is the, the other guy who had his okay. throat slipped. And then the watchman, Revion, is the other gentleman Ooh. who uh, took the arrows. Oh,
0: yes. Okay. Why was I... Oh, it was in a language that started with Q, where he yelled out, Hanno, don't know what that means. And there's not too much else that happens. Like, we see him reunite. We see them plotting an escape. Uh, there's a very intense moment where... Arondir has to cut down a tree. Uh, Very dramatic time for the elves. And then, of course, there's the attempted escape uh, that closes the episode where everyone dies. And uh, Arondir looks up, sees his bestie shot with arrows. And also, like, obviously, they're not going to be digging a trench and not have, like, scouts out watching for escape. It's just, I mean, right. I know orcs are dumb, but they're not that dumb. Um, and the episode closes with Arondir being taken to Adar. Adar. A couple standout moments from all of this, really the battle scene at the end. Arondir is a beast in battle. I mean, he killed an orc with a twig. Just twigged him. Which was great. Uh the warg Werg, was how the orcs pronounced it thoughts on uh old old Wergy?
1: well again they had to create their own wargs because they couldn't use the same exact look as the lord of the rings movies but i thought they were pretty good i did see a lot of uh catty conversation in the internet about uh on twitter in particular about how goofy this high budget thing made these wolves look like but um you know, they were fierce, they were gruesome, they were ugly, they were menacing, they were what they're supposed to be, and they certainly showed strength and speed, so you know, they they were works. The, the thing that I had a problem with in that whole thing, and I actually had to stew on it for a couple of days, was if these elves are so great with fighting and everything, how come so many of them got captured? So uh, my thought on that is obviously a group captured each one individually, but never captured en masse, so Yes, maybe eight orcs with other things can take down an elf and lock them in chains and stuff. And then once they're locked up, they can't really escape. But you saw how well they fought with uh, all the chains on them, and they killed four or five orcs. But I guess the, the sheer number of orcs that were around just allowed them to control these elves. It, it didn't sit well with me to begin with, but then I, you know, I was browsing through other stuff. And yes, many elves had been captured over the years. Uh, by work, so uh, it does fit with the Tolkien philosophy. And
0: I mean, these are the elves that were all leaving, like the Southlands, right? Like they were discharged by Gilgalad, like time to come home. Right. And then every single elf was captured. So yeah, I mean, we saw what happened with Arondir and like his capture, but it would have been you know even if the episode had started or maybe if they threw in maybe it's a deleted scene fingers crossed but just how other ones got captured i don't know i mean this episode was already like an hour and 9 minutes maybe it was just too much to try to tell and they figured that it's it's a small it's a small thing that only like real Tolkien nerds would be uh, upset about and not really worth <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, the director in this episode is a gent named Wayne mm. Yip. I don't know. Oh, Wayne yes,
0: Yip's you work. do. He directed do episodes I? three and four of the Wheel of Time. Let's give it up for Wayne Yip. Yip 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 yip. Okay, yip.
1: so he's obviously a Prime Video guy.
0: Yes, he's excellent. Um, he, I can't remember if he also did Game of Thrones and stuff, but I, I mean, episodes three and four of Wheel of Time are like probably my two favorites of the season, Um and I really like. Right. I really liked his work there. So I was very excited for this episode and I don't know if he's also going to be up directing episode four, but, um, typically he's big on like, he's a good battle guy.
1: Ah, okay. So we had hand to hand fighting, but no real battle, but, uh, we, we may be, we may be getting there because there's lots of divisiveness being shown and stuff going around. We'll see what happens with Adar. Yes. That is, that truly is the the main plot of the episode is Adar, but of course, they did the dramatic cut do, do, do. at the end of the episode with the blurry image of Adar. Who uh, looks like an again, evil her, elf.
0: Evil fucking elf. That,
1: that's what Sauron is, is an evil elf. So it's not, um, I guess he's not an elf, he's a wizard, but people are not sold on Adar being Sauron.
0: No, I don't believe it. I have. We'll get to it, but I have different thoughts now on who Sauron is.
1: I have uh, received a few uh thoughts from other people on that one too and actually one i think is is fairly interesting it makes some sense so
0: we shall discuss so any uh is a dar canon like is any like Uh, also why are they digging a trench and not a tunnel if the orcs hate the sunlight what is the purpose of the trench
1: uh, I think because the trench is easier to build and the, and the orcs are not very clever when it comes to uh, engineering, etc. So they just did it and they cover it because it's faster and, and cheaper and easier for them to do. Uh, and they're using the elves now as uh, slave work to do the digging. So uh, I think it's just a simpler way to do it. I, I didn't have a problem with tunnels versus trenches. I mean, the orcs obviously did some tunnels underneath the villages, right? Yeah, trenches in the big open fields. I think that's just purely for speed.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, cause I was curious. I was curious about that just because the orcs. Get, you know, we we do get to see them being melted by the sun, uh, which was very fun. I liked that effect quite a bit. But also, like, bro, if you're gonna be melted by the sun and like risk sun exposure for Adar, like, I don't know, tunnel, maybe yeah. trenches may not be the <laughs> best course of action here. Just saying. So I wonder if they're trying to present Adar as being like a red herring for Sauron. That's the name that has been given to him by the orcs. But who's to say if he is going to be linked to someone in canon or not? You agree, like de- with that hair, and like the soft glow, <laughs> like definitely an elf.
1: Uh, he does look like yeah, but it's dark hair, right? So uh, I'm looking at the blurry picture of him. And he's, yeah he's it looks like he's got pointy ears it looks like he's got that uh, that point there, the chiseled face of an elf that just got dark hair so yeah
0: well I mean Gil Galad obviously
1: my first thought was that he was going to be yeah Gil has dark hair that he was going to be Sauron um, but I'm not I'm not convinced on that yet but I don't think he's Sauron either Sauron Sauron at this point so yeah or should
0: be should be good. Right. Because Gandalf was shocked by his betrayal in uh, the old Jackson franchise there. And I guess also some books that were written in the 50s.
1: That was pretty that was pretty uh, true to the books. Yeah. That that part, plot line didn't change a whole bunch.
0: Uh, any other thoughts on our our good buddy, Ron, dear standout moments for you where you think this is going?
1: Well, like you said, his is um, his fighting was was supreme. He, you know, flicking the chain around and doing all the stuff, super being kind of fighting. I was surprised that some of his buddies didn't have the same skill. So maybe they're just trying to separate what Iron Deer can do to other elves. So he's obviously a gifted fighter. Um, I I think they foreshadowed an escape. I don't think he'll be held captive forever. So I think he'll try again and, and try with the more smarts, but we'll see what happens with Adar because maybe Adar offers a different opportunity and then there's a a change to the plot plot. So this is all new to the lore. So it's kind of fun to watch it go along and it is interesting to see what Adar is going to become.
0: Yeah, And I'm also kind of wondering, like we've now spent some time with, you know, a Ron deer like, are we ever going to see Bronwyn again?
1: Well, she's moving the peoples, right? So the people uh, were moving, and I do think we'll see Men of the South, and I'll come back to that later, because I, I think your buddy Halbrand has um, something to do with that too.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Um, so some other theories, which I thought saw two of which I think make um, good, good fodder, because, of course, we find out in the episode that Hallbrand is a king. So that's... Uh, That's big news, right? That's huge. Kings don't just go by the wayside, so.
0: Dun, 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 dun. Exactly. Um, Well, with that, I mean, I don't know what my predictions are for Arandir. Maybe I shouldn't make them. Maybe I'll say, you know, (laughs) next week he's getting rescued by Ents. uh, But I actually think he'll be in captivity or in this place for a little bit. I think him and Galadriel will still meet up, but maybe when... Uh, she gets that army. She kind of like winked to Hallbrand about during their little tête-à-tête in the prison. So I think we might need to wait until about episode nine. I'm going to say episode nine. That's it. That's my prediction when Deer breaks free.
1: Okay. All right. I, I think it'll be a little bit sooner or he'll play a more important part sooner, whether it's with Adar. Maybe Adar is not a bad guy after all. We don't know. Uh, fair is foul and foul is fair, if you know what I mean. That is a line from Tolkien. Um, all that looks fair is not always fair, and all that looks foul sometimes is is okay. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. But uh, we'll see what Adar comes through as, though. It's been done before. When you first meet Aragorn in the books and in the movie, Strider. you try tried a bit of a scoundrel. Yes, but he was not, ever.
0: If your bros are orcs... I just can't see you being yeah. redeemable. Yep. But. Very true. You know. Very true. TBD. TBD. So if you had to pick an episode that uh, Deer breaks free, what you saying? Seven. 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 Okay.
1: Because I think four, he probably won't be featured as much. I think five, we'll see him in captivity and then we'll see how it breaks, but I'll say episode seven he'll. Okay. Going to break free.
0: Going to break free. Um, All right, well, let's get to your favorite character, our wee Nori, and the The Hardfoots. Nobody goes off trail. And nobody walks alone. Nobody goes off trail. Unless you get stung by a bee, you idiot.
1: (laughs) I should have flipped through in this book and brought up a song that Tolkien would have written. Let me just tell you, they're usually two or three pages long. Typical. And the lines don't repeat very often. So one of the things that drove me, out, even though I love that guy, uh, is that he had a three-line song. That's that's just not Tolkien. It would have been a long story about the caravan traveling and how we rescued people and done all that sort of stuff. And maybe a little tale of somebody that had damage and done all that stuff. But just a little chant uh, of a couple of lines. For
0: the wee ones to follow?
1: Yeah, I just thought that was really weak. (laughs) They've done some great writing. I just thought that little song chant was really weak. And the other thing that really bugged me about it is they actually let people go and walk alone.
0: That's right.
1: They contradict themselves right away because Nori and family are falling behind because of the broken leg, uh, broken ankle. Although they'll catch up now that the star man is walking with them. Um, but he, they let him walk alone. If, if you can't keep up, you're, you, you fall out of the crowd and you're walking alone. So I, I actually didn't understand that chant at all. It's my I favorite little contradiction. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Basically like nobody goes off trail. Nobody walks alone unless you're at the back and you suck, uh, or you get stung by a bee. And then we'll all laugh at your death for years and years and years. <laughs> classic <laughs> classic goof.
1: yeah it I did that that part I had trouble with. I mean it, when it first started, I thought it was cute, but then then they contradicted themselves like as soon as they started speaking and I was like idiots, stop it. That was poor writing.
0: So okay well, and I mean it didn't bug me that much. I was just annoyed by the tiny ones. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the dancing the celebration of the hobbits was kind of cool and the fact that they're you know celebrating the season and doing the migration because hobbits cool. obviously change a lot that was that was fun i just didn't like their little chant their and then ditty. basically they said if you can't keep up you're going to walk alone so <laughs> Bye.
0: Yeah. The uh, the fall behind. Like let's let's talk about the fall behind. They're carried in our hearts and memories, but not in our arms, am I right? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. We're not gonna
1: help you move your wagon. You're gonna be on your own. Good luck to you. Uh, but don't go off trail.
0: Yes. One one moment that stood out to me with the with the hardfoots, even in this fall behind stuff and you know, as as hilarious it is as it is, because you know, they've just gone from saying like nobody goes off trail nobody walks alone yes we do just kidding you got to keep up it's migration season let's go 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 we actually learned what happened to poppy proudfellow's oh, entire that was very family um, and she was acting like just totally eyes and face and just like the devastation um, because her entire family like brothers and sisters I think she had as well as her parents just Mm -hmm. wiped out in a landslide like and this ain't a Dixie Chicks like the landslide brought the proud fellows down it's just Poppy left
1: and but and obviously when they're doing the caravan they show her um, actually moving the, the wagon on her own which is just like she's she's a hero she's an outstanding thing and hasn't merged with another family which again I found odd but uh, showing her strength, showing her resilience, showing her resolve, and she she walked with the with Nori's family, so they at least uh, stayed behind together. But again, the caravan itself didn't seem to care. So not in the slightest. <laughs> Off we go. Off we go.
0: do do. And the. You know, the kind of standout moments, uh, in addition to <laughs> just making fun of the Harfoots, uh, of course, their their plot point in this episode was about the star map that Nori was trying right. to uh, steal from good old Saddock Burroughs. So she goes into the wagon. I actually thought that was a lot of fun, and like that's the kind of campy yes. humor that I'm here for, where, you know, almost discovered and poppies like shouting left and right and like trying to tie it into a sentence. I thought that was
1: very clever. That was that that little segment I quite enjoyed. It was very hobbit-like. It was uh, it was fun. It was naive. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, what's his name? The 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 wizardy the wizardy dude who I keep forgetting. Oh, his, the stranger. Uh, uh, or yeah, static burrows. He, uh, Static burrows. He didn't notice anything. He was so lost in thought about what had gone on. It was it was beautiful. Yeah. So that I agree with you on that. That was uh, that was a lot of fun. It was it was very good. The clumsy part was when the star man was holding the map by the candle. He makes the fires all go higher, and then paper burns. Who who ever thought this of is that? Crazy. And then the clumsy the clumsy thing. Of the, uh, okay, that was that was bizarre. But that's okay. It it served a point. It was kinda light. You you're allowed to have a little bit of light. That yeah. that was fun.
0: The levity and then, you know, him crashing around and like pulling this like he looked like a sea monster. He you know he yes. who he looked like? That old YouTube video of old Greg. Yeah. <laughs> Want some baileys? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's who he looked like. It's old Greg that's who the stranger is we've uncovered his identity um but he he pops out and one of the this is actually like i think i had tears in my eyes the first time i saw it when he just like pokes his head out and he's looking for his friend and he just goes nori and like oh it was adorable so he's like learning the language and he's like hunting for his girl um and then, you know, we learn the consequence of inviting a stranger in and taking care of a man who fell from the goddamn sky apparently means you get de Yeah. Like, what? the?
1: Yeah. Thanks for hanging together. Thanks for keeping an important family part of the thing. Because up until the, the gentleman hurt his ankle, he was one of the uh, main doers in the camps. And all of a sudden he has a temporary ankle hurt and he's just cast aside. Come on, Harfoots, you can do better
0: worst part to me is like, Sadic Burrows is like, no, we're not going to de-caravan you. You know, I see where you're coming from. But you'll be at the back of the caravan, which is the same thing as basically de-caravanning because you know they're not able to keep up. So, like, you are doing... Indeed. It's almost like a slower, more torturous burn. I don't know. <laughs> I left this episode being like, Sadic, you are a shit.
1: Yeah. That was... Overthrow him. Uh, trying them. to placate the other wise people or the... The council elders of the of the tribe, but it uh, didn't work.
0: Maybe I'm being too hard on Burrows. Maybe I need to give him some benefit of the doubt. Maybe he thought that the stranger would hitch a ride anyway with them, and by putting them at the back, it's going to allow the brandy is it the brandy, brandy foots? the brandy foots brandy the ability to keep up, but you know no one else has to see the stranger there till they miraculously show up at the same migration point i don't know right. i don't actually believe that i'm just benefit of the doubt let's let's <laughs> try to inject this thing with some positivity and then of, of course with uh, nori's plot point uh, the episode well It doesn't really end. I I mean, we get this huge clump of them. And here's my issues with the pacing. We get this huge clump of them. Then we like jet off to Numenor again. And then we come back to Nori and then we see them moving with uh, Poppy, you know, staying. And Nori's like, girl, get gone. You got to keep up with them. We're fucked. Largo's foot is not getting better. Um, and then, of course, the stranger pops out and everything's okay. This is how we're going to get there. Let's go, daddy-o. Boop, boop, boop. And that's where we leave them.
1: Yeah, I, I, I fully agree. I just thought it was a little bit choppy and broken. But I have a theory, if you want to hear it now, because it does yeah. concern the Starman and the Harfoots Because, you know, those hobbits accidentally trip across history. You know, they find this ring... It was really nothing. It just made Bilbo go invisible, and he could hide on people and all stuff. And then it turns into be really big, a big thing. Uh, so a wise, a wise elf said to me on the weekend, he he believes this would be your older brother, uh, another nerd. nerd, nerd of the Rings. Um, he uh, he thinks that the stranger or Starman is Sauron. Because mm-hmm. uh, he had to escape in a hurry to get out of that whole thing when Morgoth got killed. And then he obviously, uh, however he escaped, uh, he's going to be disoriented. He comes to Middle-earth as part of this uh, whole thing. But he's for whatever happened to him, he's, he's kind of lost his presence. He doesn't know what's going on and he's kind of has to regain it. And of course the hobbits find him and they're innocent and naive and they'll bring him back. When Sauron makes his appearance, he has to get on the good side of the elves. He has to get on the good side of the things because he gives them gifts. He gives seven rings to the dwarves and all these rings to the, uh, to men. Uh, And actually the more I pondered that theory, I thought it was pretty good. So uh, you also, I mean, Sauron did kill the fireflies,
0: right? Yes. So
1: there is some, there is some nastiness to him, even though he looks innocent and nice. Uh, He's, undercover is not exactly what it seems. So I I actually think that's a pretty good theory right now that uh, Starman is actually what will become Sauron.
0: I have heard that one. Right now I have another contender. And, I mean, we've seen how accurate my theories are. So (laughs) I'm definitely going to hit the nail on the head with this one. But I have heard that with Stranger being Sauron. I don't want to believe it just because, like, I really like his and Nori's dynamic. And, you know, even at the end when he pops out of the cart and he's like friend yeah, like don't go breaking my heart like that it's adorable i'm still team gandalf i don't think i'm right but that's what i want to believe
1: (laughs) well if it is gandalf then the writers of rings of power are going to take a lot of heat so we don't really know how sauron gets to Middle-earth because um, in, well, perhaps if you comb through all of the Christopher Tolkien volumes, you might have a a theory in there, but uh, basically uh, Isildur and the whole battle at the end of the Second Age kill Sauron, but his spirit lives on, and it's really just his spirit in the Third Age that the Lord of the Rings is around and all that stuff. So um, we we there isn't a lot of history behind Sauron because he's the bad guy, but you know he's present and he does a lot of dastardly things. So it's going to be interesting to see over the number of seasons how if the Starman is that starts out pleasant but with an underlying evilness to him and insincerity, and then obviously grows into a thing. But if she, if he ever meets Kellimbor, 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 uh, <laughs> Kellimbor, Kellimbor. Uh, Then you will uh, be able to see if that dude is truly evil like he looks.
0: (laughs) I wouldn't be opposed to that just from a narrative point of view. It's really fun to watch. I don't know. It's very popular right now. Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm about to reference Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Oh, fuck. But like people are just all about their anti heroes these days. Poor Pooh. But uh, you know, with with Sauron, if if the stranger is Sauron, it would be really fun from an audience perspective to watch him become evil. When we see right. him starting out so innocent, it's almost like watching Breaking Bad, right? With Walter, Walter White. White, Walter White. Uh, Walter White, and how at the beginning like you're cheering for him, and at the end he's like, he is corrupt and he is evil. Um, and it's, you know, it's Breaking Bad, if you haven't seen it, like, why why the fuck are you listening to this podcast? Go watch Breaking Bad. Um, some of the best narrative storytelling that's been on TV in the past 20 years. But anyway, I, I would be okay with Sauron taking an arc like that, where we, we come to like him, and then we see him really get into like the throes of power. Uh, again, not my guess for Sauron, but if this is what the writers choose to do i suppose well i will have to get on board i may not like it but i i, I will Chicking support their decision yes
1: Sauron, as an entity is known though they've been, it's been referenced a few times because obviously that's who uh, galadriel uh, was chasing them in episode one. She was out to still find where Sauron was. So they knew Sauron had to escape, but they just didn't know where he went. Yes. But it'll be interesting to see when those two collide because they will at some point in the, I assume episode nine or 10, if that tips us off.
0: My thoughts are reserved for the moment. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of Marigold and uh, her dynamic with Nori?
1: Oh, that her, her stepmom, Right. Um, I have to think about that. Uh, she doesn't seem to favor Nori a whole bunch, it would be she my doesn't. reading on it. And I don't know why, probably because Nori is um, flighty and wants to go explore and do all these different things. And she's not staying close to home. She's not doing her chores. She's not helping look after the sister, all that sort of stuff. Um, so I, I don't know where that's going, but Marigold would be the well, if, if, if I think back to um, uh, the Lord of the Rings and, and whenever they were ha- you know having a pint in the Green Dragon, there was always a, oh, just mind your own business and everything will look after itself. Oh, don't worry about those people. They don't bother us. We won't bother them. You know, that sort of thing where just do your thing and everything will be fine. I, I think she's just, they're giving her that kind of role. I, I Hopefully we see more of Mary Gold who becomes a bit... Uh, a bit more supportive of her stepdaughter. I didn't pick that up about stepdaughter, by the way. I didn't realize it was not her mom. I
0: know. I thought that was very, uh, I really liked the, you know, the interaction between Largo and Marigold and, you know, how he fell in love with her and all of that. Um, But yeah, the casual dismissal of Nori, even in that conversation. And then after they get sent to the back of the caravan to have her like almost immediately attack Nori instead of, you know, commending her for taking in someone who was in need of help it was just yeah like do you think you're special why do you think you're the chosen one and nori's like i am not special i'm a little harfoot. he is special he is good he is important i'm here to help him she is just nori is just wants to be a footstool so the stranger can rise
1: yeah a, a typical hobbit kind of role actually yeah they you know they just look after themselves and they 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 respect nature. They help things grow and all that fun stuff. So yeah, Nori, very, very typical Hobbit in that regard. So I like her. I do still like Nori quite Love a bit. Her, her naivete and sense of adventure is great. Uh, I'll have her to pay more attention to... Yeah, earnestness. That's a really good word. I'll have to pay more attention to Marigold because yeah, she kind of bugged me uh, in her interaction. I hadn't thought about it before you asked the question, but um, yeah, it was uh, disappointing uh, in the stepmom that she's trying to squish this little... Harfoot streams.
0: I know. Stop so, it. Not Mary Team Lord. Marigold at the moment. No. We'll see. We'll see where I end up on this. All right. Well, now let's get to the main event. Da-da-da-da, Numenor. Da-da-da-da, Numenor.
1: Well, see, that was where I, you know, in my boldness last time, I said, uh, oh, my gosh, they're going to the uh, Argonath, where the, the things, although the Argonaut was built by the Kings of Numenor too. So that's why it looked the same. So it, I, I applaud them for keeping that thing. And I just didn't even expect them to do uh, Numenor as an island. Wow, was it spectacular? Um, one comment I was reading as I was kind of browsing through Twitter, uh, people were saying the Elvish, uh, the Elvish runes and everything and how they, C- combined human architecture with the Elvish architecture and the different, you know you can see them in the arcs and the Mount uh, Rushmore. Of it. <laughs> yeah. That, that it was, uh, it was done. It was, it was a huge Island. I mean, the, the, the fact that it obviously has a downfall because it's not even mentioned in real time in Lord of the Rings. I'm going to be interested to see how they, pull that about but
0: uh, so in your in your uh, lord of the rings copies that you have there like with the there's a map in the front of it right
1: uh i have a uh, return of the king sitting in front of me i'm just uh, browsing there's always there's always a uh, thing but it, it always focuses like it focuses on where the, the travels right. are for that particular one so it's got gondor rohan and Mordor uh as the places uh, in minus morgul that tower, which we'll come back to later, I'm sure, uh, as the uh, key areas to focus on, because that's where the battles happen and all that sort of stuff. But if I went back to the fellowship, there it still it shows the Shire, it shows Bree, it shows uh, Rivendell, and a few things like that. But it doesn't show uh, you, Offland, like they don't the Sundering learning...
0: Seas and like Numenor yeah. hanging out over there.
1: They kind of have like you know arrow to uh, the the West Haven and stuff like that. There's lots of uh lots of maps at the back but they are still focused on the mainland of middle earth so they're all middle earth focused they aren't broader so Numenor is not really part of middle earth no Um, but if i look at the appendix which i was browsing at uh in the thing it actually the appendix i'm just looking for the title of it sorry for the delay as i try to fill in time Uh, it talks about the men of Numenor. it's basically Annals of the Kings and ru- and Rulers, and it really goes into the Numenor, uh, Part One, the Numenorian Kings. So, to me, it's always been history and the stuff before. And I'm sure if I, I've only read the Silmarillion a couple of times, and it's been a number of years, I don't remember all the stories. And I'm sure Numenor comes up in the Silmarillion quite a bit, but uh, it's referred to in the Appendix. So there, it's free reign for them, and it was. I thought it was spectacular. It. it was beautiful. Oh my it was, gosh,
0: it was stunning.
1: Uh, the Queen Consort, that's an interesting twist. In the met land of men are kings, they have the Queen Consort making all these decisions. Very cool. Yeah, because
0: her dad's fucking Rapunzeled up in the tower. We don't even get to see him. He's just like, you know, King Punzo, King Punzo, let down your sweet hair. Where are you at? <laughs> that's,
1: that's right. That's right. But- uh, it, it, the the big part of that story to me, well, first of all, they meet, so it was Ellen Dill who finds them on the raft who's doing that. So I don't know, do you know who Ellen Dill is?
0: Uh, his name is actually Ellen Dilf. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, he's sold father, so I remember him from like. I think he's in he's in the fellowship prologue, right? Oh like, yeah, um, in uh, in the movie, Narsil like is. We his. get a glimpse of him. So the
1: sword that Isildur uses to cut off Sauron's ring is the shattered sword because Elendil is that's Narsil. Uh, Elendil is fighting with Narsil. That is not what the queen consort gave him, by the way. Okay. Kral- Kral- S- S- Selimbor. Carambore, Carambore, Carambore. He makes Narsil uh, at some point. Celebrimbor. The, the the
0: like the yeah yeah the
1: good smith the one that you think is creepy but he's the guy that yeah, can make everything elf. really cool Celebrimbor, Celebrimbor thank you Kalibrimbor actually makes Narsil uh, he'll do Ooh. that in one of these seasons coming up but obviously Elendil is a decent dude and he he follows the old king uh, there, there's a storyline I wasn't really familiar with a whole bunch before the the you know the, the changing of the king in Numenor and the new menor. And, uh, the, the new king for sure is not a fan of the elves the king that was deposed was favorable to them, but the break between the elves and the Numenorians is quite, quite rabid, obviously, because poor Sadriel, Galadriel, wasn't that a cute little meme I sent you? Uh, <laughs> uh, was, was obviously, the, but she got her back up quite a bit too. Uh, and she, she predates Numenor, yes. She's, she's a, she's an old one. She doesn't look her age, but she's uh, got a lot of years under her belt already at this one, so.
0: Well, but she didn't even know. One thing I thought, like, you know, we, we open up with uh, Hallbrand and Galadriel on the boat, which is stunning. You know, they have a they have a little witty brunch banter. They go up, they meet um, Elendil, but they don't know who, like, the name isn't mentioned at that point. We don't know who the captain is. Right. It's just the captain. Um, and as they're walking through, we get a little background to Numenor as we're going in, and we learned as they're walking into the hall with Queen Mean um, that Numenor broke off contact with the elves, which surprised Galadriel. Like, she didn't know. Right. Like she, I think she says something to Halbrand, like, we're about to find, maybe we'll find out why <laughs> Numenor is just, like, anti-elf now. Because it, it seems to be a mystery to Galadriel, who is like, bro, we, we gave this island to you.
1: Yeah, that wasn't received really well. I noticed that. Not. I've, I've tried a line similar to that in business one day. I was over in the Netherlands and some Dutch dude was getting really uppity with me and they just loved to negotiate. right? And and he was saying about all the stuff and how he had to drive across town. And of course, I'm sitting in Amsterdam, so having flown from Canada to do this meeting. And I said, didn't you guys just have your, your celebration of uh, freedom and liberation that the Canadians provided for you at the end of World War II? That also was not received well, so you can have this island and uh, yeah you might have had you know a little bit of your own sacrifice to go with it too so
0: yeah they paid for it in blood
1: yeah that was a good line
0: i i just i don't know i'm i'm curious about the history of númenor and i don't know enough about it um on on that vein or in that vein the history of númenor when galadriel and elendil you know when he actually introduces herself and he's like hey uh, I stand the elves, big time fan of you, let's go on a little horse adventure. <laughs> so this is where, again, I got my Epona moment that Aaron Deere was supposed to give me. I got it with Galadriel and El- Elendil, and I was f- thrilled, not as happy as Galadriel was.
1: <laughs> Wasn't that like, <laughs> I actually laughed the first time I watched it. Um, yes, she was joyful and everything, but oh my gosh, that... was that overdone? Just a little, come on. I loved it. I loved it. Like, I
0: just like, yeah, it was one of those things I was like, this "Is this is supposed to be over the top, right? Like, we're supposed to be I laughing assume. at how, like, insanely happy she is just to be riding again. Right. But, yeah, going to the Hall of Lore and putting together, uh, well, one, Elrose. Hey, Elrose Place. <laughs> Uh, because he is uh, Elrond's brother, brother but yes. he chose to live as a human, right? Yes. Again, Galadriel, your BFF is Elrond, and you're telling me that you didn't know his brother was on Numenor.
1: Well, like, I th- I think what? I think it shows the self-centeredness of the elves to be quite honest. I think, you know, they're a little uh, fixated on what's important to each of their own. I think as a race, they're, they're pretty self-centered <laughs> and I think that actually comes, comes across. So uh, yeah, Galadriel is really important to Galadriel and she's a little less concerned with how, uh, you know, it affects her things. Like you know, think of Elrond who hadn't talked to Durin the fourth for 20 years because he had other things to do. He had to do speeches and stuff like that. So I think the elves are just a very, Self-centered race. I think I think that's the deal.
0: I just love that, like, you know, all of the conversations Gladriel and Elrond have. Like, not once did she be like, so how's your brother?
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Still around, is he? No, he's gone? I guess yep. I forgot about him. Oh, well.
0: Oops. <laughs> just a casual blink of a thousand years. Hope he's doing swimmingly. <laughs> just, anyway, that stood out to me. And I was like, this... I guess if they're that self-centered, you can buy it. But I just—it was a beautiful tapestry. I'll say that. So does that mean that Ellen Dill is descended from like Elrose's line? Is that how that works? I don't know.
1: Actually, okay. I don't know. I'm sure I have a map in here. I can check on Appendix A about where the kings of the past came from and all that stuff. But Ellen Dill, uh, I believe. I always actually. He was you know a what? King. I
0: think I think I did see this on Twitter because. I think they are so like Elrond is Arwen's father and yes. Aragorn has ties to Elros um, through the line of a Sealdor So I think that they are related, which is why it's not incest because we're how many generations removed from oh, yeah. Elros when like Aragorn's born. Um, but there is like a familial connection there, I think.
1: Uh, I will go through some of the family trees that are out there and see if I can figure out um, uh, how he goes there. But I, I don't know what Elendil's history is. Obviously, he's royal, though. And I actually thought he was king before Isildur because Isildur was the leader of the army. So um, I thought he was also king. But obviously, at the moment, Elendil is not in that role. So no. He's a ship's captain. Um, but apparently, you know, senior people have many many roles that they go through. Halbrand, for example, is a is a smith and a king. That's an oh, yeah. obvious match. Like, of course, if you're a smith, you're going to be a uh, a king. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I won't leave you in suspense any longer. I think that Halbrand is Sauron.
1: I have a different theory, and I've seen a couple of these ones around, too. So he, him being a king uh, and, and it could well be that Halbrand is Sauron. Because he does have a little bit of a mischief about him. But I think uh, with Galadriel um, chasing him, she, she's no dummy. She would have picked that out. But there were two images I saw around Hallbrand that I thought were interesting. So uh, Kings of Men received um, rings. And uh, the Witch King. Some people think Halbrand is the Witch King, who is the one that Mary kills at the end because he is a king of men, although he's not the senior king and all that stuff. But maybe some of his mischief means that. The other one that I actually thought was more interesting, and this, uh, as you were talking earlier about how um, Galadriel gets an army and comes around and starts to go with. If you remember the King of the Undead, the... King under the mountain.
0: That's right. Yep.
1: That uh, Aragorn uh, brings to him. So, and then goes and starts sweeping the fields uh, outside of my, uh, of Gondor, uh, so that they can, you know, get rid of the the foe. At that point, that he is the king of that group. So, if you think about the the character arc that he goes through, he'll come back, become his king, and then they're going to go into in a war, and at some point he will either Uh, disappoint Elendil or disappoint Galadriel and his group will run away and then a disaster will happen and then they will have broken their oath to support and fight and that would be would explain a lot as to uh, uh, why he's kind of hanging around I I like that theory a lot that he's actually the king of the undead I was searching and searching for that character's name I could not find it so that would allow them to have created a new character that could morph into something that was very prominent in the movies as well Mm -hmm. so I yeah, like that
0: that's one. a possibility. The reason I think that he's Sauron, so like I like both of those. The Witch King is particularly standing out to me. Is like, that's awful. <laughs> just, I like I would hate that for him. Um, I hot can human. see it, but hot I would human, hate it. Hot like, the... human, hot human, just becoming like old, old witchy. The
1: problem is the Witch King actually has a name. I can't couldn't find it really quickly but the witch king is referred to by a name when Gandalf talks about him when he gets stabbed by the blade of so-and- so it's in the fellowship of the ring and they actually say who is his name is so um, I don't believe it's hallbrand or it, it, the other people would have picked it up that's why I like the other one about but I also
0: don't think like Hallbrand is his real name like I think ah, that's could be that too. that's an yeah. alias because w- uh, his real name is Sauron. Um, <laughs> I mean he walks past like as they're, getting through, as they're going through Numenor, which is, like, jaw-droppingly beautiful, oh, he eye-fucks a forge, and he's like, ooh, I could get in there. And I'm like, sus! Sus! Oh, I sus! See. You're going, what are you going to do with the forge? he's
1: going to build the rings. I don't think mm. he has the Lord to build the rings yet. He's got to figure sus. out how to do those.
0: Out. So, that was one of them. And then... Um, how quick he is with his hands and deceitful like he like steals back galadriel's dagger which like cool move gives that to her buys a round of drinks for like tamas and buddies and then like we see his hand being like give me this i take what i want and when i want it i deserve it white male privilege to the extreme buddy and then he goes and he like takes on tamas or tamar sorry not tamas i think that's something from Narnia um Tam- <laughs> T- Tamar is this guy's name <laughs> it is but he you know and then he like kicks the shit out of all these guys unarmed and I'm like deadly motherfucker deadly and then you know when Galadriel comes to see him with a scroll and she's like hey by the way I saw that you're a king so yeah you want to tell me like what you were doing out in the sundering seas like abandoning your people And, you know, like, you and I, we can redeem our bloodlines, whatever it is. I don't know. The more I see of this guy and, like, 4 McForgerson, like, you're not just a casual blacksmith and a king. Unless you're forging some rings, Sauron.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, it would be... uh, What I like about your your theory without him being Sauron, although he's a man, although maybe he's more than a man, um, is that... uh, it, would be, it was a strange place. He obviously wasn't part of that crew that he was with the ship with. He wasn't the captain. He was just there and became... But what a weird place for him to be out floating. So if mm-hmm. he's running away How from Galadriel... How fortuitous. Well, if he's running away from Galadriel and he has his own issues he's going through and then he happens to find her because he know If she's chasing him and we know that she discovered him way up in the north and then she was heading back, it, it would be... It, that makes some interesting sense. He's still trying to loot her. Uh, but he would—I'm pretty sure he would know who she is. So I think would, he does. Why he plays the coy—the Koi coy card—with her quite a bit, although he saved her, he did save her.
0: Well, yeah, because he's going to need her to get back in with the elves.
1: He does. He does play the good guy role. But uh, the other thing that you just said, which means he could be the the king under the mountain or the king of the undead, is that he wasn't with his people, so he gave up on them once already. So oh. it would. So anyway, I, I can see both theories kind of being supported right now. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. It may be a long time before we find yeah. out who he really is. Like, not even season one long.
0: Oh, no. No, no, no. This, like, I'm I'm okay if we wait a little on this reveal. I'm having fun, like, theorizing who Remember, Hot Human is. Middle,
1: middle of what is now episode five, Empire Strikes Back, before we find out that Darth is Luke's father. Hello. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Spoilers. Spoilers. Sorry. Sorry to the people who are still <laughs> watching A New Hope. I apologize.
0: All oh, right, what, uh, I'm just going through, like, we get Galadriel, she goes to the Hall of Lore. Oh, of course, the biggest elephant in the room, we haven't even talked about Isildur. Oh, my god! Just that casual drop as he's on a ship, and we hear Isildur, and we're like, Oh, oh shit! This is the guy who fucks humanity. Outstanding, well, sir. Well, not only...
1: I, I... I don't know what year this is supposed to be. And I know men of that age, of a certain heritage, can live a long time.
0: Yeah, because the Numenor humans live longer than most, right? Yeah, 400
1: years, 500 years kind of thing. But the... I don't know what year this is, but that was pretty soon to me to meet Isildur. I I just... Wow. Wow. That uh, That was early. So I don't understand... I don't understand the uh, the timeline. I uh, it, it it surprised me, and and I've seen a lot of stories about about this. Actually, a lot of a lot of folks are going, huh? Doesn't this seem kind of early for Isildur to be there? Shouldn't he come like in you know a hundred years from now or something? It, it was surprising, and he's got a sister and another brother.
0: There's there's a lot to be uncovered. One thing I really appreciated knowing, I don't know too much obviously aside from what happened in the prologue and like a sealed door not throwing the ring in the fire. Cast it into the fire.
1: Yeah, thanks Elrond. No. no.
0: Fuck you, Elrond. I'm keeping it. One thing I really liked was uh you know, we open on a scene, it's dinner with Daddy. And we open up on the scene and there's puppets and they're like, Ha ha, Galadriel smites the orc. Smites <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> them. And that reminded uh, me we... of an
1: old Roman thing, like <laughs> where the Romans would always do puppet plays for the kids and the acting on the stage on the side. So that would, that had that Roman flair to me. So, it was which very I kind of cute. enjoyed. Yes.
0: And I also like that she was the hero in that for like a place that's anti elf. Yes that she is the hero and they know who Galadriel is like it's it's a household name and she is like hero to these guys and this is also where um Elendil and his his kids choose to have dinner so I'm also like are these you know the pro elf like is this just like a pro elf picnic oh. I don't know what's happening but it was cute Could be the old king crowd Maybe right like that's they're they're playing to the audience and a couple of things that came up with Isildur's personality, like we learned that he, you know, he sucked at riding. He like basically he like quits, he like rage quits things when he's not good at them. And he's going to try to do the same thing with like being on a boat. And his dad's like, bro, like, come on. And um, so, you know, and Isildur pushes back on his dad a little bit and it's like, oh, are you telling me that Isildur doesn't want to take instruction? <laughs> or do the right thing.
1: <laughs> he's a petulant teenager trying to break out. I, I assume that's his r- relative age and he's not full adult yet. No, he's, uh, no. He's being the teenager. But yeah, that one really caught me by surprise. To meet as es- Elendil, first of all, was like, wow, that was great. What a great intro to Elendil and what a what a royal figure he is. Wait, he's a ship's captain and he's not welcome. And the queen consort isn't really cool on this I don't get it so he's obviously with the other guy okay I get that they, they laid a they laid a good foundation for that but Isildur is the bratty teenager doesn't get his way he gets all petulant holy cow that uh there's an image
0: it's weird it's like he's gonna grow up and like pocket a ring instead of doing the right thing or something I don't know I don't know maybe I'm just but, reading into too much of this to, character flaw
1: but he has to um he does get leadership of men. He doesn't get leadership yeah. just because he's, so he's got to have some qualities, but you, got, you can see the petulant and the impatientness behind him and stuff like that. Oh,
0: man. Yeah. One other thing from that conversation that came up, like, what? what's a sea trial? They keep talking about how the sea trial is in nine days. I think
1: that was for him to get his captaincy, for him to okay. uh, look after his own ship. And he's like, I don't want to.
0: <laughs> got you. to go now. Delay.
1: I talked to my sister about it. Sis, you tell dad. I've got (laughs) to (laughs) go.
0: But Um, also, like, snaps to the sister for getting into the Builders Guild. I don't know what that is, but it sounds important. And Isildur is the one who told her. Look
1: at those beautiful Numenorean uh, sculptures and everything. I like the fact that they actually allowed a woman to be good at sculpting and stuff like that, too. Or architecture or foundations. Whatever part of the Builders Guild she's in. But uh, that but uh, Numen- dudes can uh, build good stuff. So I wonder what she'll end up building. Wouldn't that be ironic if she was on Celebrimbor's tower building team and down the road.
0: Ooh. I mean, uh, they're not introducing her for no reason. Exactly. So She's, I think she can
1: walk uh, a horse, but other than that, we're not sure. Yeah.
0: I also can't pronounce her name, so I'm not going to try. It's uh <laughs> a- edit up
1: Actually, her name is Arian. Arian. Very close to Aaron.
0: Hmm. Curious. Mm. Curiouser and curiouser.
1: I wonder if she's Irish.
0: (laughs) Well, it's interesting because it's like Isildur, his name, I don't know. It's easy. There's no like little special dots or slashes in any of his letters. And then both of his siblings have like oatmeal in the mouth pronunciation (laughs) names. Like, I... Uh, I can't do it, and I won't. (laughs) Got a brother that... A, and then, I don't know, Aaron, his sister. Arian. Nah. (laughs) Aaron. (laughs) Pretty pretty easy. (laughs) Did we talk about how uh, Galadriel, the biggest thing... We spent a lot of time on Elros, uh, Elros Place. The biggest takeaway from um, the Hall of Lore, aside from finding out that Halbrand, you know, was descended from like the king of the Southlands who united everyone under under one banner, which is the sigil that Halbrand uh, wears, you know, around his neck. We find out that the symbol that Galadriel had and like found in the north, um that was emblazoned on her brother, it's a map of the Southlands. And so she puts it together and I think, you know, probably a little bit of a, a Clue, because she realizes that's where the orcs are now, due to information from Hallbrand. So she knew that's where they were headed, and then she looks at a map. She puts it together, and she's like, "It started in the Southlands. That's not the only place, but that's, you know, basically where everyone got directed to." That's and... Mordor, right?
1: So that mm-hmm. that little sea is the mountain range that blocks off Mordor from the rest. So it's uh, yeah, very interesting.
0: Very interesting. I thought that was cool. Actually, that was one yeah. of, probably my
1: highlight of the thing was um, w- was that little map reveal. That was like, ooh, nice tie-in, boys.
0: Yes. I mean, the map work in this show in general has just been great. Like, I really love, you know, when we're in Numenor and just traveling over to the Southlands. Uh, there was one moment where we we're coming back to Arondir and we're, we were with Galadriel. And then we, like, sail across the Sundering Sea on that beautiful map and, like, land up or end up in the uh, Southlands to pick it up, like extraordinary yes. uh, mapping. So it it's different than Game of Thrones, like how Game of Thrones, the opening right. has become iconic with the maps, but I love that uh, Rings of Power has, has taken, you know, a fandom's adoration of maps for some reason and just like really play into it with the show and, and helping keep the audience focused.
1: I don't know if it's if it's true or not, but I always pick uh, when I first read Lord of the Rings. It was the first book series that I ever read that was so fixated on the geography of what things were and all that stuff. I don't remember. I've read lots of different fantasy things, but nothing older than Lord of the Rings. I can't think of anything that I've read that was that predates it. Any older, The Hobbit is like nineteen thirties when it was released, and it had maps and all that sort of stuff tied in. So it was all part of the the folklore that Tolkien was trying to create, obviously, but I I thought it had the most detail at the time. I I still don't think I've read one that's quite as uh, robust as what he's put together.
0: Well, I think we solved the mystery why I hate (laughs) Tolkien.
1: Remember, he started with languages. That's where he first (laughs) said it It was all about (laughs) languages, and then he built the story out from that. Wanted to build a folklore for English history. That's Sort of what was in the back of his mind.
0: Instead settled on grueling geography. (laughs) And that, my friends, is where I diverge. (laughs) Um, All right. Any other comments, thoughts, predictions arising from this episode?
1: Biggest one. Uh, Prime Video delayed the release of the episode. It wasn't. Oh,
0: because of football.
1: They're doing Thursday that every week
0: football.
1: now. There's always Thursday night football. Like,
0: yeah. Does this they, mean they it's not going it. to come
1: out till midnight now? Is that the uh, yeah. midnight Eastern time?
0: Midnight Eastern time, but 10 p.m. Mountain Daylights time. Well, um, that's worth
1: the drive on its own, so I'm coming out there for that. It's a
0: good thing you're coming west.
1: <laughs> Although this week I probably won't be able to watch the next episode until like Sunday. When, we get when you to arrive you. here. Yes.
0: So we can watch it together and then probably like record hot off the press. We
1: will have to because I think the next day I start heading to another province. So
0: so we can, we can get that in and then we'll see. I think we'll be able to make it. Anyway, this is, sorry, this is podcast talk, guys.
1: <laughs> we'll take this out. Anyway, that delay, that that delay, and I didn't know what was happening. I was like, what the heck? I kept on trying, Uh, checking things out. So where do I go? I've started using Twitter more and more, and then I see the angry Twitterati on the Rings of Power streams, and they're all like, put the stupid episode on, for gosh sakes. Don't worry about football conflicts. People who watch this don't watch football. (laughs) Anyway, well, see, this funny. is
0: why you, you got to get on the Discord, because I refused to believe this was happening. And someone said, no, I heard a rumor now that it's not dropping till midnight Eastern. And I was like, no, <laughs> like The Expanse, Wheel of Time. They just did this last week. It's always nine Eastern, friends. And they said, oh, you fool. No, they, they've they moved it because of Thursday Night Football. So I'm sorry, dear friends. If you're not able to stay up to watch it on the Thursday drop, catch it Friday. Listen to our podcast on the Thursday to get hype before the episode drops the next day. But anyway, back to that. Um, So aside from that annoying time swap that that they treated us with last Thursday, anything else from this episode stand out to you? leave you in a place of wanting more uh disappointments expectations predictions
1: uh one other character that we didn't talk about um well oh, the queen regent uh who by the way the actress is just stunning i don't know if you've looked she's her. incredible uh cynthia day robinson i'm i'm, I'm going to do some more research on her but her sidekick Farazon, getting mm-hmm. a lot of uh, buzz out there and a very interesting character the advisor so we're going to see where he goes but uh uh, I, I, a name that I'm not too familiar with, but it will be uh, interesting to see. Uh, Numenor blew me away. I thought it was incredible, and uh, all of the little subplots are are interesting. And um, I guess just the the theory around how is it who is Adar, and I did like the end of it with Adar and and uh, you know Arondir being right there, but trying to get away, him and then Adar. Starting to emerge, so I assume that's how we'll open up episode four to find out who Adar is, and where will Galadriel go? I don't think she's going to go ask for goodness. I think she's going straight to Middle Earth. By golly,
0: sounds like she's got herself an army, as she was uh, hinting at, teeing that up with Halbrand. Like, don't you worry. So, you know, obviously her and Elendil become super pals, and mm -hmm. I think that is her army of the old. Ways, Team Elf loyalists,
1: <laughs>
0: we'll call them.
1: The men of Numenor, or the people yeah. of Numenor, because they have modernized it a little bit.
0: Yeah, I've um this episode, like I said, it, it wasn't it wasn't my most favorite. Uh, probably I would I would put this one last in the season. So I think I go two, one, three so far. Maybe. As more episodes come out, I'll understand and appreciate why they chose to pace it like this. But for me, there was something that was just missing. I wasn't gripped the entire way through. Not to say it wasn't like I obviously like I've watched it a few times. I'll watch it more. It's beautiful. It was so fun to see Numenor. But there was something missing for me. And that something may have been Durin and Disa. Yes, I am excited for episode four to get back uh, with Elrond and the dwarves and to find out what's going on there. I'm not sure if we're going to get Arondir in episode four. They might leave us, you know, waiting a little bit and oh, waiting and wanting. Oh, go back time. to
1: Elrond and uh, Durin and the, the work over there. That makes some sense. More focus on that. Keep the Hobbits' as entertainment in between because Starman's an important character, so I, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe we'll give a little Celebrimbor more break off because he's been waiting outside that uh, Moria for a while. So he yeah. Do something else.
0: yeah, so go catch up on them. I think we're going to get a big focus on them. Um, Galadriel, I don't know if she'll get her. Maybe we'll end like I here's another prediction. I expect in episode four, they will be leaving Numenor and she will be on a boat back to Middle Earth. So that's where I think we're going to leave her and not on a skiff. So she's going to she's going to upgrade the boat.
1: It may take another episode because she and the Queen Regent were not seeing eye to eye. And Ferrazon was working against um, Galadriel, so it may take her a little while to get in there. Unless, you know, Elendil's folks uh, help her out more, which may happen. But he's pretty loyal to Numenor. Like I can tell he was, he's still a good citizen. He doesn't agree with everything, but he's a good citizen. But yeah. it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I, I think it might take an episode for Galadriel to break free.
0: To move and on that note um so queen mean when she went up to king rapunzel's tower she walks in and she goes it is here father the moment we feared the elf has arrived
1: yeah immediate reaction was what did you guys do to why are you so afraid of the elves like what did you do to send them away so it was obviously not a nice divide which you hinted at earlier but uh I I thought it was uh, interesting. By the way, that also parallels the dwarves who were concerned that the elves were sniffing around their little treasure in the glowing box. So the elves are not well reputed around Middle-earth at all. So uh, I guess maybe it's that self-centeredness of them people don't like, but they're they're certainly not trustworthy.
0: That gave me like prophecy vibes. Like I think there is a prophecy because she said the elf. It's not like the elves have a ride. It's like... The elf is here. The one who is going to bring about our doom is what I'm thinking. Like the downfall of Numenor is going to be linked to the elf. This wow, is the wow, moment that. we feared. But I don't know. I want to see I her. Like fa- I want to see her dad. Who's her papa?
1: Yeah, that's right. We just said the back. Of, uh, I we know. just
0: focused on her face like the whole time. We didn't see anything. She just like sat down. It was very like I it was very well shot. But I'm curious.
1: Again, more of the drama as they unfold stuff. Out, but uh, Yeah. I guess that's TV rollout fun.
0: Going into episode four, that's the reveal I'm most looking forward to is like, let's see this king and like, why is he in a tower? Did he go mad writing this prophecy? What is happening?
1: Oh, you think he, the king wrote the prophecy? Maybe. Or you think it was handed down? I don't know. Because it sounded like she said her grandfather's grandfather of... Uh, it's been that long since the elf, so I thought I, that story might have been a few yeah. generations old. But Galadriel was around when that would have happened. She's a lot older than they are, so that they may have may have regretted having her show up. But yeah, that elf—that's interesting. I missed that, to be honest. I missed that it, that specific reference to the elf as opposed to an elf. So
0: yeah, the elf. Dun, dun, dun all right uh final thoughts before we sign off
1: uh i'm enjoying the series still it's it's i look forward to the new episode coming out uh it's one of those ones where you wish you could kind of just jump but it lets you build up and and uh expect it Uh, again the beauty of the uh uh, the beauty of the whole scape is great and uh i just wish they would turn some of the drama off and just let the story unfold but maybe this is how they get their hooks in the TV show. And I, I hadn't read the things that you had talked about with people saying, oh, it's moving so slow. Sorry. Did you not watch Game of Thrones? Anyway, um, it takes a while. Uh, you know, But you, you got time. You get 10 episodes and you're going to tell a story that could have been told in two and a half hours or three hours. So yeah, it's going to take some time, but you get to learn new things. So, so far, so far, so good. They haven't broken to me any real canon yet. They're kind of, Sticking within their sticking within their lane. So I'm very encouraged by that. But uh, we'll see Adar. We'll see the king. We'll see uh, a few others next episode, which is good. Maybe more on Isildur. Still surprised me that he showed up so early, but
0: maybe it'll be good. Maybe. Rose and thorn of the episode.
1: Rose and thorn. What, my favorite part, worst part? Is that
0: Best be, and worst. Uh,
1: favorite part would be... Uh, the uncovering of the symbol that Sauron had left in the, the, the sea of uh, MorTor, and uh, Thorn, that stupid song that uh, they were singing. Nobody left, left alone oh, except for you guys. I'm gonna leave you alone. That was that was my low point of the uh, of the show.
0: Nobody goes off trail, mm. and nobody walks alone. <laughs>
1: Let's repeat it 45 (laughs) times. Let's not add any more characters to it.
0: Uh, All right. That wraps it up for this episode on episode three of the Rings of Power. You can find Feather and Mountain Podcast on all major podcasting platforms. Uh, You can find us on Twitter, Feather and Mountain Pod. I'm Delusions of Grendel, Grendel12 on Twitter. Greyhame confusion is Greyhame twenty two on the old Twitter. Give him a follow. He's new to this whole fantasy universe, and uh...
1: I have not made my way to Discord yet. We can have that conversation. <laughs>
0: uh, and speaking of Discord, you can find us in a nook on the Wheel Reads Discord server. Link in the description. Email featherandmountainpodcast at gmail.com and if you have any um, non-constructive critiques or complaining about Tolkien's legacy being shit on um, by BIPOC elves, you can send that to bitch at <laughs> com. But nobody <laughs> goes <after laughs> off trail, and nobody walks alone. Take care. Have a good one. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.